Dumb Pudding People to another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding. We're your hosts, Ken Seymour, Richard Geiger, here to chill out with you and take a stroll down memory lane. Maybe snack on some lasagna. Um, I don't know. There may be lasagna. There may be some want wants. There's uh, <laughs> a little bit of everything. Yes. Um, just make sure that if you're cleaning up your house, uh, when you're listening to us, that it's not a pig pen. That's uh, right. Clean. Yes. If you couldn't tell, we're continuing our history of comics in television. Now, we've been doing this, well, this will be the eighth, eighth episode. A lot of episodes. Yeah. And, you know, we've managed to cover a lot of years over those episodes, but we've started to, um, started to encounter a little more. So we're going to be covering less and less time <laughs> in each episode. That's correct. Um, you know, the, the, the trend we're going to find here is as the years get closer and closer, there's just more channels that are available. So therefore there's more content available. Yeah. And, that, and th- there's the combination of that and, you know, this is a normal trickle down. So the, the comic book film was becoming more popular in about 10 years from the point that we're, we're, we're going to be at, at today. But because of that, that meant, well, then, then we got to do TV shows because if it's popular in films, it must work on TV. Mm-hmm. Popular, popular with kids. Right. Um, maybe more targeted for kids during this era. Um, although the kids grew up and we still love the oh yeah cartoons. So. Got gotta love it. Um, so we got all the way through 1982 in our previous uh, episode, or so you thought. <laughs> I made one tiny clerical error. Um, uh, if if you are this type of person, I hope you empathize. Uh, in my research and I go through things, I tend to keep all of my stuff kind of categorized in different places depending upon you know what is 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 it a film based on a comic strip or comic book is it live action is it animation i have them in different spots depending upon what it is and on occasion i will accidentally overlook something so uh we're going to start with that um back in 1982 there was a television a live action television show just titled Jane. Now, the thing is, this was a BBC television show. So, a British broadcasting company. Exactly. Great, yes. Uh, and the, uh, the, the comic strip itself was also a British comic strip. So, some would, you know, say, hey, we're stick to the American stuff, but they're English speakers. They're close enough. Uh, the original uh, comic strip was from 1932. Uh, created by Norman Pett, and it's it was basically Jane was kind of meant to be a little bit naughty. Um, it's just kind of the it's it's not exactly a slice of life comic strip because it wasn't like life that most people could relate to, <laughs> but it's just you now the adventures of a beautiful woman in various states of undress, basically. And what? What British folk in the 1930s wouldn't love that? Yeah, uh, just looking at the now. Okay, I, I was about to say looking at the art style. How could you not just become terribly excited? But I, I, I really like some of these older, these older strips. They just have this 
presence, this kind of feel, um, the the inking especially. I just absolutely love the presentation of a lot of these old strips and the the quality of of the the Jane strip was actually pretty solid. Um, it ran for quite a long time, but the television show only ran for two seasons. Well, I mean, two is better than one, yeah. I guess. Now, I don't know if uh, <clears throat> if any of those individuals recognize the name Glynis Barber, but that is the uh, individual that played the titular character. Um, Glynis was in a lot of stuff, actually. Uh, you've probably seen her, even if you didn't realize you saw her, if you're of a certain age. Um, you know, hasn't been really in a whole lot of stuff. For most people, with one exception, um, she has had um, uh, a role in Holyoaks, like the whole thing. She uh, plays Norma. Uh, no. Hollyoaks? Holyoaks. Holly? Hollyoaks. Sorry. Did I say holy? Uh, this is the downside of recording in the evening. Uh, Late in the evening. <laughs> occasionally, the brains just ooze out the ears. You do what you can do, but uh, yeah, this one's been running for quite a while, and she's been in in most of it. Holy cow! Uh, it feels like it. It's like a it's a soap opera. That's so yes. It it, it I think they said hundred episodes. The the people that have been in the most have been in fifteen hundred episodes. <laughs> Holy cow! <laughs> right <laughs> jeez ah uh, yes it's um this is um also not uh, to to memory this is not something that is american it's it's another british show so makes sense you just um probably might not recognize it but if you ever saw the movie point break she was in that well that says wasn't there a remake from, yeah, a remake? 2015. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I was having a little bit of fun. I couldn't help it. Yeah, I'm, sh I'm sure that remake was terrific. <laughs> well, considering that the original was so amazing to begin with. Uh, yeah. I mean, I've seen worse. Well, I mean, I just, I guess the whole reason I wanted to include this was just two reasons. One, it's based on a comic, so you know, you kinda you kinda wanna celebrate the wins, and this was kind of a win for a comic based thing. Mm -hmm. But uh also I just uh I don't want to forget that there's there's all sorts of really cool stuff that we sometimes forget about just from little ways overseas that we can have some fun a with. A lot of stuff. Yeah. Can we go back to this the the description of the comic strip? Why, certainly. Um, because there's a name that caught my eye in here. Um, first episode of Jane, blah, 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 and, and a pedigree, as she is prepared to meet Count Fritz von Pumpernickel. <laughs> okay. Uh, yes, so there was a Count Fritz von Pumpernickel in the Jane comic strip. Right? Yeah, it's it was another time. <laughs> 1930s, man. <laughs> Uh, but uh, other than that, there there was a, a number of different uh, individuals that if you are uh, aware of British television that you would recognize the names associated. Uh, sometimes you may even recognize them regardless. But uh, like Bob Todd, 
I've seen a bunch of stuff, but uh, yeah, I never saw the show, and uh, I'm I kind of feel like it'd be like Benny Hill without the laugh track and the speed ups. Maybe, maybe I don't know, but uh, that was what we missed from 1982. Um, but let's go into 1983, where at least one of us was starting into school. <laughs> <laughs> preschool count uh yeah i think i was to see i would have been uh in 1983 that would have been i would have been seven so first grade yeah. second grade uh but i remember at that time i absolutely loved the charlie brown and snoopy show well most of the charlie brown and snoopy things that were put to a an animation on the screen, I think, are pretty enjoyable. Yeah, and this it, and it was the same animation from the movies that you recognize as everything that you would want it to be, just kind of serialized into small little skits. It was a Saturday morning show, so it was kind of uh, it was kind of nice. It lasted two years. It had all of the voice actors that you would expect. Uh, everybody that. Uh, that you would think of when you when you go with the peanuts, and it's just kind of fun. Um, obviously, it didn't do well enough to continue past that. A lot of these shows in these time frames were like that. It's just they didn't they didn't really catch on like hardcore. A lot of these comic shows, very few. And then what happened? You know, forty years later, is that they have kind of drawn some more attention, right? Got a little bit more, more momentum. Yeah. Not all of these, of course, but no. a few of them definitely have. So, you know, no need to really dwell on this one. We know it's Charles Schultz. Everybody knows Charles Schultz at this point. Everybody knows the story, the characters. It's the same stuff. It's just fun. Uh, and to address your lasagna comments... Of course, we're going to be going back to Garfield. We've already talked about Garfield. It was so successful of a show, though, it spawned several specials. So, like, uh, in 1983, Garfield on the Town came out. It wasn't a show. It was just a single special that was released. Mm -hmm. And I remember this one quite well <clears throat> with uh, John trying to take uh, Garfield to the vet and then things going not quite the way that uh that you would expect see trouble happening there yeah you know it's just a fun little thing i love the fact that george went is involved with the garfield stuff multiple times over i mean he always has a voice same thing with alice beasley i don't know if you recognize uh recognize her face i do yes i don't recognize what she was in but if i Saw a couple things like, oh, yes, that's what she was in. Yep, Moonlighting, man. That was a show that I watched when I was a kid. Uh, I absolutely loved that. So she was in more than that. She's been in a ton of stuff. But um, that's what a lot of people would, would recognize her from. And, uh, yeah, she's got a very, very distinguishable face and voice. And if you're going to have that, you might as well give that voice some, some work because it was great. And... I, I think the Garfield ones have the same, to an extent, uh, a lesser extent is what I should see, kind of that nostalgia. We love the Peanuts things. Uh, I always really enjoyed the Garfield shows over time. Um, not that they were the ones that I was 
most drawn to no. but i always i always enjoyed them I always liked the story i always like you know Odie. i liked i like uh all the just the characters that were reoccurring on there i always thought it was fun well yeah i mean it's it's it's, it's simple I mean, it gets made fun of because of that to a certain extent because it doesn't really say much. It doesn't really do much, but it doesn't need to. It's about a guy that lives with his cat, and he kind of projects onto it, and it has a personality. I mean, it's, that's all it needs to be, and it's just fun. Yeah. <clears throat> Pardon me. So also in 1983, this is the last television show based on a comic strip. Now, we've talked a little bit about this before, how um, – how networks will try and repackage something that either does doesn't work or doesn't work well enough or kind of works and they need something to do with it. Well, uh, in 1983, they took the Richie Rich show <laughs> and repackaged it again, added it to the Little Rascals and the Moonchichis. Who's your favorite Little Rascal? I brought up the moon, the Monchichi, Monchichis, Moonchichis. I never watched this. I feel like I would remember it because they're kind of like disturbing little gremlin creature looking things. I've heard I've heard the name. The faces look familiar, but the fact that some of the voice actors are just the best in the business, right, is pretty crazy. But this was only what, two episodes, or how? Like this, this crossover yeah. was just a handful of things. Literally, that, it's just well because it's doing multiple shows. Sometimes it'd be the one show, sometimes it'd be a little of the other, and yeah, it it didn't it didn't do so well. Pretty funny, but it does have Peter Cullen and Frank Welker in it. Yeah, pretty impressive. So you know they're getting their stride. They're trying to get things going. It's like okay, well let's stick with what works. When we're going into 1984, what do we need to do to make things work? We need more Garfield. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like one special wasn't enough. We need Garfield in the rough. Like a dog says rough. Yeah, it's uh, uh, they go camping. So again, this is, <laughs> it's just well, it's like. That's simple. Not much to it. Doesn't need to be much to it. Same voice actors, same people you expect. I don't remember this one. I remember a lot of those specials. This one, this one's out of my mind. But it, it does look more, when I think of the, the Garfield shows, this is the animation, like the pictures and the faces. Like that's that to me is what all the Garfield cartoons and things look like. That That's the Garfield that I remember. 100%. Well, this uh, orange cat uh, was doing well. The other orange cat was not going to take it sitting down. Uh, so how about uh, Heathcliff and the Cadillac Cats, 1984 to 1987, two seasons, because seven minus four is two. Yes. <laughs> it's funny how TV works. <laughs> and for as many episodes as there are for this, I legitimately don't remember any of these. I don't know that I ever watched Heathcliff. I did. I watched it after school. Uh, it would be on, on the, the group of shows early on that would be after school. And I remember going, it's like, oh, I, I like this show. Except for Heathcliff's voice. 
was always so annoying to me. That's why one of the reasons I like Garfield better. It's like, well, Garfield kind of sounds like this, and he's a little sad and depressed mm-hmm. sounding a little bit. And I could deal with that. But when you're talking with a Heathcliff and his voice is up in his nose, it's like, it smelled blank. So, yeah, but. But. Yeah, I I, I went the uh, opposite direction. My post-school shows were more the, in terms of creatures like this, it would be more of the Disney ones. So, like, Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers and, um, you know, like DuckTales, Tailspin, all of those types of things. But, of course, of course, there was always G.I. Joe and Transformers in there, too. Those were my favorites, but, you know, considering that they're not really based on comics, not much I can do here. Nope, can't discuss them. However, I will say this. Um, If you are a fan of the Transformers, they have a couple of really, really good comics out right now. Um, they've, they've really taken the history and the story and just run with it. Yeah. There's a lot of shows on, uh, Netflix that are transformer related and some are good and some are not, but, uh, they're at least putting an effort into trying to dive a little deeper into the transformers mythos because the movies, let's be honest with ourselves, not that great. Um, for even though they're making a billion dollars, they're yeah they're, they're not good. they're not good. Yeah, I, I, I and that that's not this kind of you know the more I think about it, I have to comment on this. You know, and I'll say this multiple times. That's not a disparagement. Even though I will say that the Transformer films are some of my least favorite films I've ever seen, there are a variety of factors that play into it. You know, we've got our own biases that we've got from what we watched before, but. More than that, you can have extremely talented actors, good writers, excellent directors, good CGI, and if it doesn't come together exactly right, it's still not going to be good. Yeah, and the fact that it's making so much money just makes them want to make more of them. Right. Of them, you know, let's let's just call them mediocre movies. Yeah. Uh, but if they've got the sound effects and the explosions, then... That's all you need. That's all you need. Uh, But, yeah, Heathcliff was a bit of a jerk, if you're not familiar with that. That's the other – well, okay. So, again, it's it's the type of jerk. And I think that's why why Garfield held on longer than Heathcliff because Garfield was a jerk, but he was kind of a passive jerk. Mm. Leave me alone. If you don't leave me alone, I'm going to do stuff to you. And that's what Odie had come up. All right, I'm going to kick you off the table now. Yes. You know, that sort of stuff. Heathcliff, he just hated everybody, but he put on a a smile and he made it seem like he did, but he clearly hated everybody. And it was just kind of uh, eh, not quite the same vibe. Yeah, just, and I think from what you said before too, uh, the voice just is kind of off-putting to an extent and and at the time too i don't know exactly where this was available at if this was like this is a saturday morning cartoon or this was like on nbc or or whatever it was but i don't i don't just remember having a lot of access to it anyway well back in the day you had to make those uh you make those deals with the local stations so you had you could be broadcast Broadcasting completely different things in different areas. That's true. Because it wasn't as much of a conglomerate. 
Uh, but that was that. But here's something I really did want to talk about. 1984. Now, if you try and find this on IMDb, you're not going to find it. I don't know why. Uh, usually IMDb is pretty, pretty comprehensive for a lot of things. But uh, and it might just be in the wrong title. And we'll get to that here in a minute. Because <laughs> they often get the wrong title. But uh, if you want to take a look, we talked about the Super Friends show. Yes. And Super much. Friends show had a couple of different variants. You know, I had the original Super Friends, and then, you know, they changed it a little bit. Well, they changed it again for the final time in 1984. Um, so, or the next to last time, I should say, in 1984. Now, it's kind of one of those things that this iteration of the Super Friends, the legendary superpower show, this variant of mm. it, Aquaman's not in it. Flash is not in it. But they're in the title sequence. <laughs> well, that makes sense. <laughs> so there's there's things like that. But, you know, the fun thing is it's actually got a really good voice cast for what uh, everybody that's on here. Um, I, was, I was really kind of uh, fun. Now, do you remember... Um, uh, I'm trying to remember um, my brain's starting to, to, like I said, leak out my ears. Uh, do you remember that? Uh, uh, um, no, I don't. Stop it. I, I almost had Benson, the show Benson yes. in the 80s. Did you ever watch that? A little bit, yep. Okay, so the, uh, you know, Robert Dubois was the lead in that. And then... Uh, the kind of one of the other major actors in that was Rene Um, who later went on to Star Trek Deep Space Nine to play Odo. And one of my favorites. I love this dude. Mm -hmm. He did the voice for Desaad in this. Ooh, Desaad. I like Desaad. So, I mean, I, that, that to me, I didn't obviously know that at the time, uh, but that is just kind of a, a really fun little thing to be able to find later. Uh, Buster Jones uh, did uh, Black Vulcan, which was kind of cool. It's like, oh, yeah, I remember Black Vulcan being in that. It's like I, it's one of those things. Uh, you got uh, Stan Jones doing uh, Lex Luthor. Casey Kasem, of course, doing uh, uh, Robin. Um, and, of course, Frank Welker as Darkseid. And Calabac. And Calabac and Mr. Mitzpilik. They changed the voice of Batman from the previous two incarnations to actually be Adam West. Makes sense. Well, I mean, it's 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 kind of the the cheesy version of uh, Batman. So if that's any idea of the the tone of the show, um, that's kind of what it is. And well, there was a lot of different. If you look in the the villains, right? They have a, a good variety of the villains in the episodes. There's uh, plenty of different villain episodes. Uh, you know, you think of Dark Side because in, in DC, there's always this. I don't know. It's always Dark Side behind the scenes doing something lately. Oh yeah. Like, like if if you see that, like that's that's always the ultimate baddie in in the world of today's shows. Uh, e even the animated shows on on Max or the movies that they have on Max. Uh, a lot of those just fall back to dark side in f some form or fashion. Um, 
but then you scroll down and you see all these, you know, like Calabac, Desaad, those are all dark side people. Brainiac, big one. Mirror Master. <laughs> flash villain. Yeah. What's I was the like, Flash? I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, that, one of these does not match. And that was that one. Yeah. Dollmaker. Uh, Dollmaker's Superman, right? But uh, another fun thing, and take this how you will, but. You know, a lot of times voice actors do multiple characters and they can have a range and they can be very different. And just thinking like today, if this show was made, this combination would not have happened. The guy that does Hal Jordan's voice would not do Apache Chief. Who did Hal? Oh, well, because that does. <laughs> it just, it just, just wouldn't work, I don't think. Unless, unless the individual maybe were native. And then went the other way. That 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 you could get away with that, but uh, uh, it's just. And well, the other side of it is, of course, because it was the early '80s, and they still didn't understand the insensitivity of it. Apache Chief was very Indian sounding, uh, Native American sounding. You know, it, I don't know if you like remember overstated that. in oh. terms of like the syllables and the, oh, the most probably certainly. deep voice, and yeah, he sounded like he was. Uh, following the Lone Ranger around. I mean, it was it was, it was was bad. But at the same time, I remembered it. As I always liked Apache Chief because he could become huge. Mm-hmm. It was just that just grew into anything. Loved that show. Uh, they changed the eagle from uh, the Wonder Woman costume into a W for the first time in this version of the show. Oh, okay. You know, small little things. Uh, the, uh, it was not, I don't think, as good a quality in, in the animation. It, well, or at least it was a different style. I didn't like it as much. But So that one also was out in 1984, 1985. It didn't last real long. 13 uh, Heroes, just a handful of episodes. Uh, well, DC kept trying. It uh, just didn't quite work out. Yeah, I always, I always think it's funny when uh, they list them. They list them like they're continuing from the previous series. <laughs> so it's number 78. Well, is it really? It's more like number one, <laughs> but uh, that way it seems impressive when they get to eighty-five. But when you think about it, eh, eh. It's ten. <laughs> it's not that well because like, look, if you look at the numbers, there's six A and six B, seven A, seven B. Yeah. So, uh, all right, <clears throat> more Super Friends. That was that was fun. All right, so we have one year, one final year to talk about. 1985. Now, I'm excited about 1985 for a different reason. Kind of the same reason I was sort of excited about the first thing we talked about because we hadn't brought it up. Uh, At least not in this. There was a Jane film that we talked about when we went through the history of comic films. But this next one did not have a film. We've never talked about this comic. It was in newspapers everywhere. And it would be something I would never think that you would make an attempt of a show out of. Uh, did you ever read for better or for worse? I feel like yes, because that had a, like it was always a one one square, right. right? Yep. And you'd see that in all sorts of uh, newspapers. Lynn Johnston first uh, came out in 1979. Uh, and, and this one really is a slice of life. It, you know, family things, though. Strange things that happen, crazy things that happen, silly things that happen. Just kind of a, a 
something that's just going to make you smile when you read it. At least that's the intention. A lot of times when I was younger, it's less of a smile, more of a I don't get it. Uh, and now that I'm older, it's like, oh, I get it. It's just not that funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's like observational humor, except most of it's not humor. It's just like, ooh, that stings, and I get it. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's if you look at it, it was um, uh, special. Again, it wasn't a show. It was a special. They made one 30-minute thing. Uh, it's for better or for worse, the bestest present. And learn the true meaning of Christmas is one of those. Okay. Um, what is the true meaning of Christmas? The true meaning of Christmas is don't create a television special that nobody is going to watch. It's about monetization. That's what it's about. That's right. It, I, I don't know how well this did when it came out. This was, I was like prime age to see this. Never saw it. Never knew it existed. I was on. I was watching TV all the time, so it would have to have been very specifically kept away from the market that I was in, or it just was never really aired. Or I'm wondering if it's one of those where it was like a straight to VHS, right? One of those. Um, I don't know, but whatever it was, I didn't see it. Probably never going to see it. No, but. Uh, you know, if you like Hallmark cards and you think those are a great example of how to express your emotions, you would probably like this because mm -hmm. it's right up that alley. And that was not me making fun of you. That is literally, if that's your, if that's your lane, this is for you. That would, this would absolutely, well, that comic strip would be for you. Right, exactly. Everybody's got their one thing. I've got a few things that other people will look at and just groan. Rightfully so, because it's so specific, so single lane mm -hmm. thing. But, uh, yeah. And uh, no year in the 1980s would be complete without a Garfield special. Yes. <laughs> 1985. Now, if you try and find this on um, uh, the uh, IMDb, they're going to call it Garfield in Disguise. It's not. It's Garfield's Halloween Adventure. You know why I know that? It's on the outside of the case in large letters. The picture that they have says it right there. I thought you were just like, we watch this every year. It's our favorite Halloween special. Well, I did. I used to. It was one. It was one of the. It was one of my favorite uh, favorite things. Cause just look at Garfield in vampire garb, and tell me that that isn't funny. I mean, it looks like he's got shiny teeth. His his ears are like backwards, like right. you know, angry cats get. Exactly. It's perfect. Or well, okay, funny for an eight year old. Yes. So you know, it's just that uh, seeing him. <laughs> I still get the memory of seeing him in the pirate outfit, <laughs> trying to get John to give him food. So I mean, it's just kind of, uh, yeah, that's good memories right there. And again, it's the same same group of people, did all the voices, nothing new, same stuff, but just kind of a fun little 25-minute special that I watched each year for about five years. And I think I think if you're listening and you've heard of Garfield, but maybe you've never watched any of the things and you watch some of these things, it looks like some of these are streaming on, this one says Peacock, and some of them I think are on Amazon. But anyway, I think if you... 
are uh, a cat person yourself or a, a dog person yourself, or you have both at home, but you've never watched these, I think you'd get a kick out of these. Yeah, they're they're mild and they're fun, and that's that's all that they need to be. Um, yeah, and sometimes being short isn't a bad thing. A twenty-five minute special, well, that's great. I mean, we do our episodes; they're an hour long. That feels long to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about it in this episode. It will not be an hour long. No. In fact, we only have one more show that we're going to talk about that happened in this time frame. Uh, so we're going to be short and sweet I cover on this one. Three years. Yeah. And well, and the other side of it, too, is we're both coming off some fairly, let's say, busy times. And, mm-hmm. and we're, we're um, it's nice to have an easy one to kind of just ease back into things mm-hmm. for for a minute uh, and uh, it'll help us i think be better in our future episodes um but we've talked about garfield multiple times we've talked about a handful of other things um i think we should talk about super friends again <laughs> i like it Ah, the superpowers team galactic guardians oh okay now this was their last attempt at making this work. <laughs> In fact, again, you won't find it on IMDb. I think that they just m- put them all in Super Friends. That could be. I mean, that's the only thing I could come up with, and I, and I didn't feel like digging too deep into it because if they did that, they're wrong. Because it was as technically a different show and different things happened. But uh, yeah, you get. All of the people back. You get Firestorm in this one. Cyborgs in this one. Like Cyborg. Okay, that's fun. Uh, Firestorm. Firestorm to me is interesting because even though he's been in this one, and I thought I saw him, at least he was in it briefly in the previous one, um, that character I feel like is an older character, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's been around for a while. But I never really knew much about that character until recently. Like, it faded into oblivion, maybe, and then has had a resurgence recently where you see that character in a lot of DC media in general. Now, the voice for Cyborg, you might recognize. Um, If you've ever had to get rid of, say, ghosts from your house. You might, uh, <laughs> you might recognize the voice, Ernie Hudson. Okay, right. Uh, that was one of my favorite bits to kind of take from that. I love Ernie Hudson. He's got a great voice. He always has, and uh, anytime he's in something, it just makes me smile. Um, <clears throat> a lot of the other, a lot of the other people are all people that you've you were already uh, familiar with that uh, were still doing the the previous uh, stuff. Frank Welker's still here. Adam West is still here. Oh, that's one of the other differences from the 1984-1985 versions. The narrator was not always present. Yeah, because that was always a big thing with the super teams, super friends before that. Yeah. I do like the, uh, once again, in looking through all of the the people that have lent their voice to this, there's just a, a good variety of bad guys. Oh, yeah. Right? Um, well, good guys, too. But I still like the, the the fact that in some of these, so Steve Trevor sh- shows back up again, and Felix Faust is in here. That's that was Peter Cullen's 
um, lone voice acting for this particular one. Um, you see some uh, dark side stuff back again. Hey, penguins in this one, you know. I, 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 I just always like the... F- Sometimes too many is too much. Um, but when you're doing a cartoon and you have multiple episodes, I don't think you can have really too much. No, no. you got to keep it fresh. You can't have the same villain every single time. Then you'll turn into Captain Planet, basically, and that, that doesn't work. The world is yours. <laughs> uh, yeah, so they did a whole Bizarro team. They nice. even did a, a Mr. Mitzpidlick Bizarro. Uh, I, I wish I remembered that episode. I feel I feel like I should know that one. But it's just. And the penguin Felix goes Brainiac again. Scarecrow. Ooh, Scarecrow pops up. In the Royal Flush Gang. I love those. I love that you know, set of characters. This show was why I pronounced his name the way I did. Because, you know, that if you look at that name on the page, there's no way you know how to pronounce that. And the way it was pronounced in the show is Mix, Mix, Mixelplick. Yes, I do remember that. Right. I, I do remember that. So I would always call him that. And then it's not one until later. It's like, yeah, that's not how you pronounce his name. It's like, but that's how the show did it. <laughs> I mean, it was right to me at the time. That's right. all that mattered. Yeah, I'm not even sure if Mitz Pidlick is is still right. I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm still getting it wrong. But, uh, yeah. Um, what did I see here recently? So there's, there's, there's still tons of DC things that are constantly being produced and he made an appearance in one of them. What was he in? Yes. So there's, there's the new, um, Superman cartoon that's out and and like it was on max. Um, it's not your typical one. It's like. It, it it's about Clark Kent, but right. Superman's there, and he's like just kind of learning his powers, gaining his friends, doing that type of stuff. And the way they've introduced a bunch of characters in here, uh, like the bad guys, it's all a behind the scenes thing from the government. These things, it's it's an interesting little twist on having things pop up. But one of the episodes, he was there, so it was I, interesting. I always wanted to see a version of the Superman history because th- that seems to be the favorite version for people to tell where he's he's learning and he's not there yet because you know once he does get there what story are you going to tell it's it loses something for a lot of people but i always wanted to see a version of superman learning his powers and learning the hard way it's like oh i just got heat vision oh i'm sorry about your cat <laughs> Just like <laughs> things, because he has no control, no idea yet. So why would it always just happen to be? Well, uh, like in uh, Smallville, when he gets the 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 X-ray vision, he sees into the girls' locker room. It's like, okay, yeah, that was kind of like that. But you know, he never hurt anybody with the the heat vision the first time, or the cold breath, or any of the other stuff that happens. Uh, it always just happens. Oh, I sneezed. The door's off the barn. <laughs> it's just like, okay. Well, in in this cartoon, this new series, they touch on that a bit because uh, he's just coming to to start to come around and save him, like save 
the city from various events, but as he's doing it, he's just like smashing and trashing everything. Yeah. And people are hating him because he's just destroying everything while saving everybody. And so he's got to learn that like, oh, like I can do things with the powers, but I have to be responsible with them. So there is an element of that. But if you really want to see, hey, I've just gotten my powers. What am I going to do? Uh, watch Gen V. Uh, you get a little, that's a little bit more along the lines of learning your powers. Uh, yeah, but it's also intended to be a lot darker and. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I hope sincerely that just kind of taking this trip with us, you get kind of, um. A bit of nostalgia. Maybe you were alive when these things came out. Maybe you were the right age to watch them when they were on television. Um, maybe not. Maybe you should check them out. Just kind of see. I mean, if you were growing up instead in the late 90s or the, the 2000s and you got spoiled <laughs> with better animation, you should take a look at the forebears. See where it all came from. It's kind of... Kind of an interesting thing. Um, and you're right. Spoiled is the word. I, I think I'm spoiled now because I like to watch the things on my HD TV and I like how things are drawn. But I grew up on the hand-drawn stuff and the draw thing, next page, draw thing, next page. I mean, I grew up on the California Asians, you know, right? like stop motion claymation animation. So, like, I'm used to all those things and I love those things, but... You know, I do love me some really dope CGI and things floating. So that's, yeah. I can enjoy, you can enjoy both. It's okay. So next week, come back and uh, visit us. Well, first of all, if, if we missed anything, because as, as it was clear, I missed something in 1982. And I'm not going to tell you which listener told me which one I missed because nobody did. I figured it out myself. But if you see something that I missed, let us know on social media. We will we will shout you out and just, you know, chant your name to the heavens. You will be remembered forever in the halls of comicdom, or at least where it intersects with TVdom. Uh, but, uh, TV, yeah. yeah. Come back and uh, see us next week. We will be talking a little bit about a new television show based on a comic property, or at least uh, a new season of a pre-existing television show, we're going to be talking a little bit about Loki Season 2. Yeah.